Welcome to the study of God's Word recorded live at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media or to tune into our live stream services, visit us online at calvaryco.church or download our free Calvary Church app. Now let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Amen. If you open your Bible, please go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. We're going to be in one verse tonight. Only one verse. And I'm going to be using um, the New Living Translation for all my verses, so just be aware of that. Um, when I read the Bible, when I start reading the Bible, I try to read the Bible like a child. I try to read the Bible like a child. And I say this because um, my wife and I, we have a couple uh, grand, um, grandkids, a granddaughter. She's two months old. And we have a grandson. He is uh, almost two years old. And uh, we go visit him at his house. My grandson, I see him in my lap. And he chooses the books that he wants to read or he wants me to read for him. And he grabs the books and he brings the books to me. And, and I start opening one. And he goes through the pages with a smile in his face. And he's like really anxious to see what the next page is going to come out with. You know, he loves trucks, yeah, a lot of trucks, and he, everything that he, he looks in the book, he's like, wow, and, and he clap, and he's so excited when he's reading his books. So when we read the Bible like a child, we find confidence as we read in the Bible. We read in the Bible believing what we read, you know, and when we read uh, stories like, like Samson, you know, when, when we read this story about Samson, in Spanish, Sansón. So I think it's more strong, right? Sansón is like stronger, right? Uh, Samson, you know, a legendary uh, um, warrior who um, defeated many, many, many uh, armies. And he was so strong. And when I read about the life of Samson, I'm curious, you know, where does the strength come from? What is the strength that Samson has that comes from? What is the, everything that Samson was doing? You know, when I'm reading the Bible, I try to get into it. And it says, Lord, how, how is this possible? And when I go to verse in, in verses, and I go through this verse, when it says, His strength was coming not from his hair, but from the Lord. From the Lord who was giving me him the strength. When I hear, you know, when I read stories about David, the King David, God called him a man after his own heart. And I read him about his life. And I want to learn. When I'm reading, when I'm reading the Bible, I want to learn. I want to, I want to grasp what it says. It says, Lord, let me be like David. And sometimes I go like, oh, please, Lord, don't let me be like David, you know, and things that he does. And that's how I read the Bible, enjoying it every single page, every single verse. Every single book, you read it and you enjoy it. And the Lord starts talking to your heart. Just like my grandson, he was so happy and excited about what is coming to the next page. I want to be like David, who honored God. I want to be like David, who praised God after, you know, his own heart. So I want to be like Samson, who wants to honor God after, even though he learned from his mistakes. Because as long as I'm walking in this earth, I want to be a man just like that. Just like that. I don't know about you, but I'm sure all of us have a favorite 
favorite book or a favorite verse in the Bible. I'm sure you, if I can ask you, I know everybody right here, you guys will have, you know, this is my favorite, my favorite verse. This is my favorite book of the Bible. I do have a favorite uh, book in the Bible, and I have a, a favorite verse in the Bible. And the book that we're going to read today, or a letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians, is one of my favorite books to read. Because not only is my favorite book, because it also contains my favorite verse. That's the one we're going to develop tonight in three points that I have. But I want to give a little bit of context of this, because Paul is one of the characters that uh, I want to learn from him. Paul wrote in Philippians 4.4, is saying this. It says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I said it again, rejoice. He wrote four chapters in Philippians. Only four chapters. But in these four chapters that he wrote to the Philippians, he wrote this word, joy, rejoice, like 16 times. 16 times Paul is using this word, joy, rejoice. And Paul, it wasn't in, in vacation somewhere in Hawaii. He was suffering when he was writing this letter to the Philippians. Actually, he was facing death in those moments. And he wrote this letter to them in that situation. That, you know, and, 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 and Paul says, rejoice, joy. Joy, rejoice. He, that's the word he used for them. And let me ask you, we pray for these prayer points tonight. I don't know how many of you want to really enjoy what Paul is talking here in this letter. I want to ask you, don't you want to, to have the joyful heart like Paul was? Especially in times where things are not going the right way or my way or things are tough don't we want to experience the joy the rejoice in our hearts from the lord that was that this is what paul paul is experiencing right now i am because i know most of us and in, in our walking in in the lord's path you know i know most of us sometimes we are like all the way down to the floor for whatever we're facing i've been there we all been there. When we cry and we don't know what to do and we're just crying to the Lord. But Paul, he's finding joy even in those moments. And when I read this letter to the Philippians, I want to, I want to know. I want to learn. I want to find out how Paul finds joy even in those moments that we're going through sometimes with a lot of pain, a lot of sorrow, a lot of questions and no answers. I want to find that joy. Let's define the word first. Because joy can be defined, you know, in a different way. It's like just last weekend, you know, I don't know how many of you guys like soccer, but I like soccer, you know, and I follow the Mexican League and one of my favorite teams in Mexico beat another team that I don't really follow and I don't like very much. 7-0. Like, oh, I was really happy. Not my brother in Mexico who followed the other team, but I was really, I had a lot of good time, you know. Just thinking about it. But this word joy, let me define it for you. The dictionary says, joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. 
Let me, let me give you, let, I'm going to give you the biblical definition. The joy is a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is depending on who Jesus is rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. You catch that? Joy is exactly how the Bible defines this word. It's who Jesus is rather than who we are. Rather than whatever is happening around us, whatever is going on in our lives, whatever is situation, whatever tribulation that we're facing. That's what the joy is the one Paul is talking about. Let me give you a little bit more context about it. Paul was in Rome at this time. He's been walking about 30 years or so, you know, since he has encountered with Jesus. And so he was in Rome and under a home arrest. And he was waiting to appear to Caesar. But Paul wrote this in Acts 28, 31. Acts 28, 31. It says like this. It says, boldly, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ and no one tries to stop him. Paul was in Rome. He was in a house arrest, but he was boldly proclaiming the good news of Jesus, even in that situation. And he was so boldly that no one can stop him. There was no one who can stop a guy who has that joy, that, 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 that strength that comes from the Lord. And he was just telling people about Jesus, how much Jesus did for him in his life, and how much Jesus needs to be proclaimed into those who are lost still. He was there in pain, in tribulation. And please, I want you to don't misunderstand me, please, when I'm talking about pain. Because we know, we know pain is real in our lives. We know that. We suffer. And we know that. Pauls know that too. But even in that condition, even in that condition, Paul, he was experiencing the joy, the peace of God in his life. Even in that condition. The joy that comes from the Lord, it was moving Paul forward, proclaiming boldly the gospel to those around him. Who can stop a man like that? Who can stop a man who knows, who knows that he was lost and now he was found? Who can stop a man who has that type of joy? No one can stop a man like that. Paul was one of them. Even though he was, his condition it wasn't pleasant, but he was ready. He was ready to, to, to give that message away. When he wrote this letter, he says this to the church of Philippi in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. It says like this, And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's messages without fear. 
See, even the joy of Paul, it was visible. People see Paul's, Paul's joy, and people got contagious of that joy that Paul has. And he was boldly proclaiming the gospel at the same time, just like Paul. I'm, I'm sure even the guards who were protected, that Paul wasn't run away, I'm sure even the guards heard the message of the gospel. And I'm sure most of them probably even got saved. We got, story, we got one story in Acts chapter 16, and I love this story. That was one of my first stories I read in the Bible when, when I was learning about, G, about God, about the Bible. And many of, you guys, many of you guys know Acts 16 when Paul, I almost say Silas, but it's Silas, right? Silas. Paul and Silas were imprisoned. You know, even Paul... Even Paul, when he was with Silas in that prison, they were like experiencing the joy from the Lord. Even though they were like suffering, maybe bleeding, because they were like, uh, they were punished and because they were proclaiming, proclaiming the good news of Jesus. Maybe they were like bleeding, they were like suffering, but in that dark place in the prison, I just picture this thing, you know, I just picture this, this in Paul be like, you know, his feet all, um, you know, like attached to something and then changed on his hands. And I can just picture Paul says, hey, Silas, how you doing, buddy? You know, I can see it. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm okay. Hey, let's worship the Lord right now. Let's worship God. Come on. And maybe they start, <clears throat> you know, <clears> throat> in their throats and start praising God and they start praising the Lord for all the things that he has done in their lives they start singing hymns to him and then everybody hear that and then the guard you know that story right it's amazing he heard the Paul is singing and if I was a soldier as a Roman guard I'd be like what? how in the world these men are singing and they're all beat up you know, they're crushed, but they're singing still to the Lord. And they were, and you know the story what happened. Many in that prison were free, including, including the guard who was watching Paul and Silas. That's amazing. That's the power of God when you have a joy from the Lord. When you have and experience the peace from God that no one can understand. When you go through situations that they're, they're tough, they're, they're hard, they're painful, but you still feel that joy in your heart. That's how Paul was. That's how he was. Paul learned the secret, the secret of the attitude of contentment. And the joy do not depend on external circumstances. That's what we need to learn as believers. That's what we need to know as believers. That we need to know, we need to learn the secret that Paul says right here. The contentment. The contentment and the joy that don't, that don't depend on external circumstances. I'm sorry, but you're going to learn new words in English tonight too, right? <laughs> and a few in Spanish, obviously. So he simply wrote this letter to the Philippians says, Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yes, I am in chains. Yes, I am suffering. Yes, I'm about to be killed. But let me guess. Let me tell you something. Rejoice. Rejoice. 
found joy in the Lord. And Paul says this in Philippians 4.10, and that's how he expresses his heart. He says this in Philippians 4.10. He says, How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. So Paul says, thank you. Thank you very much for your help. There was like few people in Philippi that were helping Paul personally with money, sending money to him for, for his journeys, for whatever he was needing it. And he says, yes, thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Paul praised the congregation and for everything they did for him. Even though he was suffering. Even though he wasn't with them. And he's finishing this letter to them saying like this in Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13. Philippians 4, 11 to 13, it says like this. Know that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Verse 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Apostle Paul and Apostle Pablo, I want to meet him, you know, and I will meet him one day. In the verse that I gave you earlier, Philippians 1.6, I can see three points that are so important for us. Believers and non-believers need to know this. But this is so important. Philippians 1.6 says like this, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue His work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And this is my first point. Who began the good work? Who began the good work in Paul's life? This is so important. Yeah, we all know who Paul was. Just like many of us. Many of us, I don't know about your story, but many of us, we have just a religion before. We had a religion somehow, but we don't have a relationship. A religion started the work in our hearts a long time ago. But in Paul's life says, who began the good work? Who began the good work in Paul's life? We're going to read one verse, and you, you will know who began the good work in Paul's heart. We had a religion on the past just like Paul. Paul chasing the church, hurting, hurting the church, persecuting the church. He was thinking he was doing the right thing for God. He was thinking he was walking, he was walking to the right path. Just like many of us when we had a religion. But Paul has an encounter with Jesus in Acts 9, verse 3 to 8. That's what changed Paul's life. Acts 9, verses 3 to 8 says like this. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven 
suddenly shut down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The man with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. Paul has his encounter with Jesus. So Jesus began a work in Paul's heart. He is the one who started working in Paul's heart. Now Jesus is, is, is his religion, if you want to put it right in those words. Jesus has that encounter with Paul personally and ask him those questions. You know, we can be in a place like this. We can be in, in a congregation like this. And you can, you can even put your, put your trust, your, 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 your faith on, in a congregation like this. You can even put your trust on our pastor, Pastor Ed. You know, and our pastor always says, always remind us, we need to put our eyes on Jesus Christ. He always says, don't put your eyes on this church, don't put your eyes on him, because Jesus is the only one who can begin a good work in our hearts. He's the only one. There is no one else. Only him. You know, I've been here 10 years, you know, and I, I like I said, I love, I love this congregation. I love um, Pastor Ray, his family, the staff that work here, that work here, you know, they serve here. You know, I know they're not perfect. I know they're not perfect. I know this church is not perfect. But you know what? They are, and we are pursuing a perfect God. Who is the one who started the work in our hearts? Who is the God who can start working in your heart and begin something beautiful? Something beautiful. Jesus did the work in Paul's heart. He's the only one who can do it. He's the only one who can do something real. He's the only one who can really change somebody's life. Jesus is. And, and let me tell you the second point. If Jesus begin the good work in your heart, guess what's going to be next? Jesus will continue his work in your heart. That's what it says right here on Philippians 1.6. He began the good work within you, will continue his work also. Jesus is. He will continue working in your life, in my life, Definitely, we can read on, on, on the Bible and we can see how Jesus was working in Paul's ministry, in Paul's life. It was God, no more religion, it, no more somebody else. It was God himself. Jesus was walking right next to Paul in his life. And every tribulation and every hardship, God was working in Paul's heart. Paul was not alone. He had that confidence. He had that confidence. Yes, when you read the Bible, when, when you read the Bible like that, you got that confidence the way you read it is true. So is Paul. In Acts 23, verse 12 to 14, it says like this. The next morning, 
in one of the Paul's persecutions. The next morning, a group of Jews got together and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 of them in the conspiracy. They went to the leadership priests and elders and told them, we have bound ourselves with an oath to, to eat nothing until we have killed Paul. You know, Paul, just like many of us, we face a lot of situations that we don't understand. We're doing a good thing, just like Paul, doing a good thing. But you're facing situations like, like just like Paul. In this case, Paul's life wasn't, you know, wasn't lying. These people hate Paul. The same people who Paul served before, now those people hate Paul. Because now he has an encounter, he had an encounter with Jesus. But Jesus was with Paul. And when Jesus starts something, let me tell you, man, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Even if we don't know what's going on, even if we don't know why this, why that, he knows. He knows. He knows what he's doing. And he's always working in our lives. In Paul's life, his nephew, in verse 16, in the same chapter 23 in Acts, says, but Paul's nephew, his sister's son, heard of their plan and went to the fortress and told Paul, always, always, always God is there. Always God is there. In every circumstance that Paul faced, he was building his life because he was the one who began the good work in Paul's heart. He was continually working. And we can read also about what happened, you know, uh, after this scene in Acts 23, verses 23 to 24, when it says, Then the commander called two of his officials and ordered them, Get 200 soldiers ready to leave for Caesarea at 9 o'clock tonight. Also, take 200 spearmen and 70 mount troops. Provide horses for Paul to ride and get him safely to Governor Felix. Listen, if you're going through something right now, there is horses coming your way. If you call, if right now there is something going on in your life, whatever it is, whatever circumstance you're facing right now, just, just remember who began that work in your heart. If it was Jesus, He's continuing working in your life. He's continuing working in my life for our own sake, for His plan. He's there. He's the one who begin. He's the one who will continue. And guess what? As Philippians 1, 6 finished, He's the one who will finish His good work. He begin, He continue, and He will finish His work. That's why we can see the joy of Paul. He was joyful. If you, if, you can, if you can let me express myself in Spanish, man, you see how joyful I am, man. I can spread that in English. I don't know why. But there is joy in my heart, even though sometimes we go through a lot of things. Because I know who began the work, work in my heart. And I know who is working in my life. It continues working in my life. And so it is, it is Jesus. I didn't encounter a religion again. I didn't encounter a church or a congregation or a pastor or somebody. No, 
My encounter was just like Paul's encounter. I encountered, you encountered, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you encounter the Lord himself who is beginning, who is continuing, and he will finish his work in your life. Let me finish with this. You're going to go home early today. You might finish dinner tonight, right? Are you certain? Hopefully I said this right. Are you certain that God is the one who begun the work in your life? Ask that question right now. Are you certain that it is Jesus who began that good work in your heart right now? If you listen on the radio, I ask you the same question. If you're watching this online, I, I'm asking you the same question. Are you certain that God is the one who began the work in your life? This is important. This is so important. To experience the joy and the rejoice and, and situations that we don't know, we need to know this. We have to make sure that it is Jesus who begins something in our lives. Because if not, we need to surrender our lives to Him. We need to give Him it all. We need to give Him our lives to Him. And says, Lord, please begin this work in my life. And if we do that, He will continue working in your life and in my life. And when we face in these circumstances that we don't understand, we will find joy. And that peace that no one can understand. I don't know about you, but like you say, I'm, I, I work for the Douglas County Schools. And people always ask me, why are you always smiling, man? Why are you always like, it's like you got like, like Red Bull, you know, like every morning or something like that. I says, I don't. I don't even like that drink much. You know, I don't know. What are you talking about, you know? I'm, um, right now, I am training somebody uh, and he's a young kid, 21 years old, you know. Oh, my God, he, he, he thinks he knows the world. You know, he thinks he knows everything, you know. I, and I just listen to him very patiently because I want him to know the Lord, you know. That's my first goal. I know my first goal should be training him, but my first goal is to know, him to know the Lord, right? That's my first goal. I said, and I've been patient with him a lot, and today he was telling me, bro, I got to go doing this, but I can't go, I cannot go to your church today because I invite him to come over tonight. I cannot go because I got to do this and I, I'm busy, but man, you know, let me tell you something. I want what you have. I don't know what it is, but I want what you have. Isn't it, isn't it amazing when somebody asks you that question? Uh, see, that's why when Paul was preaching, when he was in prison, people are around him, they were doing the same thing. They were boldly preaching the gospel at the same time because they see that in Paul's life. They were like, man, this guy, he got something. I don't know what it is, but he got something. I want that too, you know? So I was blessed when he said that to me. This, it was today. He said, I don't know, man. And what I like about you, you don't force me to go to your church, but I really want to go to see what's going on, you know? I says, man, I don't want you to go. I want you to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, man. He's the one who can begin something beautiful in your life. And believe me, he did it to me many years ago. And man, I'm not regretted, man. He is the real deal, man. 
If you, if you surrender your life to Jesus, you'll see, man, your life's changed. You see everything changed. You, you're going to see something that it was ugly, maybe for you in one point in your life, you're going to see that thing beautiful. Because you might thinking like that. Amen? So tonight, I just want to ask you and leave you with this. If it is God, if it is Jesus who began the good work in your heart, praise the Lord. Just hang in there. He's still working in your life. Whatever it is you're going through, hang in there. He's there. He's walking with you. He's going to get you through whatever it is. Because you know what? He's faithful, and even when we are unfaithful, He's there. He's going to be there, and He will finish where He started in your life and my life. But if you're not, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for to surrender your life to Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth? He's waiting for you. And that's my prayer for you, that you let Jesus begin something beautiful in your life. And then your life will change, not just here on this earth, but for eternity and forever. Amen? So let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much. Thank you for giving me the opportunity even though, Lord, that you know my heart. You know, I am so thankful for, for many things, Lord, but more thankful that you, you started something in my heart a long time ago. And you changed my direction. And now, I know, my, I know what I'm heading to, Lord. I know one day I'm going to see you face to face. But my prayer tonight, Lord, is for those who yet did not, they don't know you yet. For those who are hesitating to surrender their lives to you, Lord. For those who still have a hard heart, they don't let you, Lord, to start something beautiful in their lives. You can start the work in their lives. You can begin something in their hearts. I pray for those hearts, Lord. I pray for those souls. For the ones that are here, for the ones that are watching, for the ones, whatever they are, Lord. I just pray for that. Because that's what we need. We need to let you come in in our lives. You want to do that. You're ready for that. And I just pray for that, Lord, that you can open that heart. You can open that heart, Lord. You know, and I learned something here in this church from Pastor Ed. You know, we always give the invitation, you know. You know why? Because maybe this is my last chance to give you that invitation. If there's anybody here or anybody who haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, can you please raise your hand if there's anybody here? Anybody, anybody. This is what you need to do. God wants to work in your heart. He wants to begin something beautiful in your life. If you haven't never given your life to Jesus. If it isn't here in the sanctuary, maybe downstairs, maybe on the radio, maybe you're watching. This is what you need to do. Believe me. This is what you need to do. Give your heart to Jesus. And he'll start something beautiful in your life. All you got to say is, Jesus, I'm sorry. I know I'm a sinner. 
I'm a sinner. I, I need you. Come to my heart. Come to my life. I'll give you permission to begin something in my life. Thank you for going to the cross. Thank you for dying and live for me. Thank you for resurrecting from the, from the tomb. And I know you are alive. And I want to please you the rest of my days. Thank you. A simple prayer can change the direction here in this earth and also eternity. God bless you guys. Love you guys. And I just wanted to... Um, Thank you, Pastor Ray, for everything. God bless you guys. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Church. For prayer, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. To listen to this message in its entirety or to join us for our live stream services, visit us online at calvaryco.church or download our free Calvary Church app. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.